Miss Ann Harriman has photographed some of the most well-known people in the world, from Tom Cruise to Angelina Jolie, and made history as the first Black photographer to shoot the cover of British Vogue. He's also a celebrated civil rights photographer whose pictures of the Black Lives Matter protests are some of the most widely shared photos of our time. Now Miss Ann is trading still images for moving images with his directorial debut, The After, a short film starring David Oyelowo. And Miss Ann is here today to talk to us about it. This film won Best Live Action Short at Holly Shorts Film Festival, which I'm a juror for. And that's where we met opening night this past August. The film played. Everyone was in tears. The audience was just electrified with emotion. And when you and I spoke on stage briefly, you told me that your career as a photographer had led to this moment of making this film, your directorial debut with moving mm -hmm. pictures instead of still pictures. And you felt that this was something that you should have been doing all your life. And that moment has now arrived. Can you tell me a little bit more about that feeling? Because it was so beautiful the way you described it. Life has a way of leading you um, to the right place when you, you begin to love yourself. So I, I describe this moment in my life and this film as an act of self-love in itself. Because, you know, for me to feel that the little boy um, that was always afraid of the world is now in the body of the man who is brave enough to have a point of view feels like an act of self-love. And, 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 and that's why this, this film will forever be so special, regardless of what happens um, to it ongoing. But for me, it, it, it lets me know that maybe I do have a point of view that people will respond to. And also a lot of men and women that are out there that maybe are in careers that they're not happy about or not following their passions. I want to be a living, breathing example of what it is to take the road less traveled in later life. And that could be being a florist or taking those tap dancing lessons or trying calligraphy or picking up a camera and taking um, still and moving image. Um, so it, it really has been that that sort of culmination of um, of of the, the the little boy that always wanted to tell stories in the man that is now able to. Well, it's amazing that someone like you with this type of a film, which we'll get into in a second, what was afraid of his own voice because even in your career as a photographer you have documented so many important historical moments such as COVID-19 and Black Lives Matter, and you became a civil rights photographer in addition to being the first black man to photograph the cover of British Vogue, and in addition to having a beautiful relationship with Royals Harry and Meghan and being there to photograph many of their important life moments. So to me, I through your photos, I always felt that you were a very brave person to step in and document these moments. It's, it's interesting because everything you've said all happened since the summer of 2020, you know, and, and, and just imagine I had a whole life before that. And, and this is what's what I, I love sharing because if it could happen to me in my forties, all those extraordinary things, the Vogue, the images, the, 
the the high profile people and now the films all happened literally in the last three years wow. and, and, and 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 before that i i never thought i even deserved um to 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 have people consider me as an artist why which is why i well because i think i'm you know i'm dyslexic i'm neurodivergent i struggled at school i dropped out of university a lot of the systems are that are in place in the educational world um are not designed for people that process the world the way i do so mm-hmm. if 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 all the benchmarks tell you that you're a bit you know you're not smart or you're you're slow then then of course you're gonna believe it you know well, especially in your form- formative years sure and you know and i met my wife and this 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 lady fell in love with all the parts of myself that i was ashamed of and she was the one who bought me the camera and it's it's you know the rest as they say is history yes well i i think that all of those things are actually your superpower and uh when i look at this film your superpowers are on full display so let's talk about this this powerful film without spoiling anything for anyone who mm. might not have seen the film, although it's currently on Netflix. So uh, it's 18 minutes. And so definitely pause this interview, go watch it and then come back to hear the rest. So essentially the after is a, a story that, it, but the before and after of a particular man whose world is upended by a, a, a tragic, mm. unthinkable loss and the aftermath of how he, moves on with his life. And to me, this film, yes, it's about death and tragedy. And yes, it's about moving on, uh, which is something that we all need to learn how to move on in the face of tragedies, because, you know, it shows us how fragile life can change just like that. But, But more importantly, I feel is that the film is a lesson in empathy in that we don't know who around us is going through what inside. And so when we go to the grocery store, when we walk down the street, when we uh, go to work, when we're in an Uber with a driver, like like David Oyelowo's character here, we don't know what these people are going through. And uh, it asks us to be a little bit more aware of the world around us and not be so narrow-minded. So when you when you took this project on, what was your ultimate goal with this film? Was it for for us to have that empathy or was it for us to learn how to move on in the face of tragedy? Or was it something totally different? I think it's 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 both the things you've said. It's it's to to think of others and recognize the 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 battles, the challenges um that they they have. Um and also it's, you know, off the back of COVID, off the back of George Floyd, off the back of three of the craziest years humanity has had in a long, long time. I don't think anyone's okay. And if you look at the fact that, you know, chronic depression is and, and, and suicide is at the highest numbers um, it's been for generations, people are struggling. And I needed to make something to make people feel that it's okay not to be okay. To, to have them recognize um, their invisible wounds and, 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 and not have shame in, in bearing the weight of this thing called life. And if I can make something where someone watches this and 
the shame starts to climb away or out of them, then that will be the greatest achievement we can have with a film like that. It is to accompany your mental health journey um, in healing. I think there's a lot of healing that's needed in the world right now. And art has the soft power of not judging. And hopefully David and all the extraordinary souls that have been involved in making this film um, are making a crescendo of hope and healing in uh, 18 minutes of, of your time. Well, how interesting that earlier you just told me that all of your successes, these amazing, you know, your superpowers coming into being all happened in the last three years, which coincides with all of these darkest moments mm. in our history. And somehow mm -hmm. during this dark time, you were able to come into your own and bring all of that forth. What do you make of that? I know that my art is it's not just about entertainment. It's 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 about survival, you know, film and music and poetry and books. They've never been just about having fun for me. They, they've allowed me to love myself in, in, in the great why of our existence. I found the answers for in the notes of song, in the pages of books and in, in the sweet territory of cinema itself. And not everyone understands how much of a gift that is. So with me having the platform that I've been um, afforded in the last three years, my work has to be intentional. It has to try and reach into the parts of yourself that you sometimes either don't know about or you're running away from. It has to be a mirror of which you see your own humanity. That's the art that I want to make. I do not want to make something that is just a bit of fun. No. Let's talk about intention. Your cast, you and I mm. both the wonderful privilege of knowing David Oyelowo and what a wonderful human being he and his entire family are. And this is an actor who always moves with such intention. How did you put this cast together anchored by David? Because I feel that any actor less than him would not have brought the gravitas that this film needs to really take someone on a mental health journey. I mean, I won the lottery, quite frankly. I won the lottery because one thing to be a first-time filmmaker is another thing to get arguably the greatest or one of the greatest actors of our time who does not need to be doing any bloody short films <laughs> um, to, to, to say yes. And, you know, I DM'd this, this man who I, I have and will always idolize, you know, for the last 25 years. You know, he, he's been someone I've looked up to and I... We didn't know each other, and I DM'd him on Instagram. And and he never checks his messages, because you can imagine he gets a lot. And on that day, he did. On that day, he did. And he he was aware of my um, photography and was a fan of, of, of me as an image maker. And I, I just asked, I just said, I'm thinking of getting into the movies. And he was like, let's talk, you know. And from that moment on, he was in. Um, and, you know, that was the anchor. To have to have that kind of talent um, decide that they want to go on your on your first journey into this medium um, gave me so much safety. And of course, he's Nigerian, born like me, raised in England like me, similar age like me. So there's so many nuances in our relationship, which meant that although we had just we were just getting to know each other, I felt like I I I have known him for 
for generations. It's like the ancestors conspired to bring you. Oh, they were whispering. Oh, my God. Yeah. Tell me about this collaboration. As a first time filmmaker, you were experiencing a lot of firsts. You had to, I'm assuming, hire a casting director, sit through casting sessions, look at the yeah. script, tweak it, uh, work with the cinematographer. Tell me what all of those different collaborations were like. What, what was it like having people come in to read for you as you were fleshing out the story and the, all the other characters? Yeah, yeah, I was a kid in a candy store. It kind of felt like I, I I'm finally in the in the in in the in the village that I've been looking for, and I've been I've been wandering the world and looking for this this place, and and finally I'm here, and you know, working with you know Aisha Bywaters, who's a very rare thing in this in the industry because she is a black woman and a casting director, which is just rare especially um, in the UK, working with my extraordinary producer, Nikki Bentham, um, who, you know, had just made The Duke with Helen Mirren and Jim Broadbent, and going, uh, you know, on the journey of finding the right DOP. And of course, you know, we are very lucky to get Cy Bell, who, whose work on, you know, particularly on Peaky Blindness is just so strong. All these people were just they, they were available and they wanted to go on this journey with this sort of unknown entity in regards to film and um you know casting children is so difficult as you yes. know um and we were we, we were so so lucky to get the young women um in this film and and, and work with their chaperones and parents and and then with the, there's a the stunt work as well you know working with really good um, extras and stunt coordinators and location managers all of these were first for me all of these and incredibly enjoyable absolutely amazing I could go on all day you can see I'm very <laughs> passionate about about the process but I'm also very passionate about the respect that I I have for the orchestra that is filmmaking um, I, I love the the passion that different people that do different things from hair, makeup, you know, light, sound, all of it. And that, and that for me is is unique because I don't have that in photography. You know, I have my camera and I, I, I find stories to tell, but this was a much more collaborative process, which mm -hmm. which I love. Post-production also is a, is once, you know, the pre-production, the production, all of that, you're on a high, it's amazing. Then comes post where some might arguably say comes the real work. Um, and uh, I think whoever edited that film was fantastic. Agala, she's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I was like a sponge sort of sat next to her because, you know, the thing about editing is trimming, trimming the fat per se, you know, without losing the story. And 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 to have um, you know, to have Nikki and I and Aguilar just sit and 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 really just trade perspectives. And you know, I know some directors I, I can can probably find it quite heartbreaking letting go of of certain things. But for <laughs> me, it I always try to have a bird's eye view of what we were trying to do in in you know in 17 to 18 minutes. And of course um, you have to um, make allowances for certain things to to not make the cut. Mm -hmm. um, but what what we all refuse to do is lose any emotion. Emotion was key, and that stayed. That there was no scene um, that you know we 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 could 
walk away from if it if it had the the level of emotional honesty that we felt needed to to bring the narrative uh, to life and 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 that was our focus. Well, what I felt was very interesting was uh, towards the end of the film, there, there, David's character goes through a type of a release, a purge, and um, we all in these situations will have our own way of doing it. It could be similar to how his was displayed. It could be completely different. Doesn't matter. They're all okay. But we do kind of begin that journey of, healing that 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 the healing is now going to start and what takes us on that journey the beginnings of that journey is the song that plays in the credits because that song carries us to say like okay you're starting to heal and let me let me take you on that yellow brick road towards that city whatever it looks like this song Tell me about it. How did you find it? I can't stop playing it. Just I need to keep hearing yeah. it on a on a loop over and over again. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 interesting because I fought so hard for this song because it's it's a pretty big big hit by a, a brilliant song singer songwriter called Birdie um, in a in a, a duet with a, another great singer called Rhodes and the song's called Let It All Go and I, I I'll be honest with you you know. I, I think that song in many ways saved my life um, in my own mental health journey. You know, I, I, I'm, I've, I can have very large anxiety attacks and I use music to simmer, to bring me back to a place where I feel safe. And um, that specific song is part of a playlist that I use that brings me back to a place of humanity mm. and self-love. So it wasn't just some random song that I liked. It's a song that has a deep, deep personal connection to my own journey. And, um, you know, I, I spoke to our friends at Netflix and uh, my producer and saying, it's got to be this song. Um, and, you know, this is a song that had 100 million views on YouTube. So, you know, we weren't sure whether we would be able to, to, to license it. And, you know, when when, when we, we were able to speak to the record folks and, I did my pitch to them. They they finally agreed, and you know it 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 feels like as you said the perfect song to help you begin that that journey of healing. So um, yeah, really happy to finish the film in that way. It was really truly incredible. Now uh, because I stalk you on Instagram, and uh, <laughs> and I see, <laughs> and I see your everything that you post, and the and and when you're open about taking a break from Instagram with your followers, and um, continued um, passion for um, civil rights, human rights in war zones all over the world. I'm, I'm Ukrainian and, you know, my country is at war and, and there are so many wars, terrible wars happening in the world right now. And you're an ambassador for save the children. Tell me why that is like, why that's your topic. Why, where does that stem from this need to have to really be a champion of civil rights, children's rights? Mm, I, I think um, when looking at my my neurodiversity and sort of the sort of autism spectrum, uh, I, I would say I'm on, you know, the, the people always use this term called HSP, you know, highly sensitive person. And, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I think there is part of how my emotional engine and how my, you know, my mind is wired where I cannot ignore injustice 
um, and and possibly why there is a truth to my imagery um, that that you know people really connect with. Um, so when I I think about um, injustice globally, and I think about the one group of of people that suffer the most regardless of what the war is or what 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 the you know the climate or hunger hunger situation is it's children always is doesn't matter where in the world it is whether it's the middle east whether it's in africa whether it's in um uh, europe and you know i went on a trip last year to somaliland uh, would save the children um to document the hunger crisis there you know where we're still on the verge of losing 1.8 million children um if we're not careful to um to you know hunger crisis to starvation and all of the other health issues that come with um with not having access to to regular meals that's my wheelhouse um and of course um migration and refugees which is obviously linked to displacement of people and um i use art whether it's poetry, whether it's my my own voice as an artist, or uh, me observing protests, um, and I just try and bring people together um, instead of having people become less um, in uh, more enraged. I try and use my platform to help people find a way to bring light to our most vulnerable. Um, and I, you know, I, I don't have a the biggest platform in the world, but I do have people that listen to me, and hopefully they log on and look at my Instagram and they, they feel that, um, you know, maybe there's something they could do um, mm -hmm. to make the world a brighter place. Yeah, of course, very much so. So now that you've done your, this first film and you have mm. this growing platform and you, you know, you just said a few minutes ago that you, everything you do is with such intention. How do you decide mm. what's going to be next for you? Um, and, uh, obviously you are going to put a lot of thought and intention and it will probably be mm. in some way that will uplift humanity or help them on some type of a journey, I guess, in whatever way mm. that's going to be. So are you, are you currently thinking of things like that or is it too early still? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's early. I mean, I'm reading a lot of scripts and there, there are some very kind people in the industry that... I guess I've seen this film and, you know, they, they, they want to um, maybe, maybe develop a relationship with me. So I'm meeting a lot of people. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, you know, when that story is there. Um, and um, currently I'm, I'm enjoying the process of celebrating this film whilst meeting, um, a, you know, a multitude of different people and also being mentored by people like David and other great producers and, and and actors and people that have been doing this a lot longer than me that, that want to help and, and in many ways protect me um, from, from an industry that uh, that uh, needs you, you need the right sort of mentors so I'm, I'm also doing that developing the right tribe to help me thrive as best as I can in this industry the one thing I didn't ask you about and I know we're almost done here uh, is the script you didn't write mm. it but you worked with a writer so was there a script first yes. that you had read let's explain that to me real quick no i mean i i had the, the the story um you know the the in my head sort of um really quite fully formed um but again i'm you know i dictated it into voice notes um and um we needed to find a a, a screenwriter um to extract 
the the story that was in my head and, and have it uh, into a screenplay and we found this young writer um, JJ and he added so much to the story um, I think there's an elasticity to young minds that makes them brave and you know the the the, the pillars that I had already put down he he, he really fleshed out um, this this story into into the script um, and you know we storyboarded and we're we're ready to go. So, you know, I I I feel um, that that may be how I work in the future with stories that I have in my head is to find talented writers um, to to collaborate with um, to help to help you know put it into words on the page. Do you think you found a signature style? I mean, just having said that, you think you will probably work this way. Do you feel like as a filmmaker, you now have something that signature? Nissan, <laughs> or are you are you still developing? No, no. I think I think I I'm um. It's my love of film is so broad that um I'm not going to be genre specific. I love everything from you know from horror to biopics, um, documentaries, uh, elevated thrillers, um, you know, civil rights, uh, all of it. So. Um, I, you know, if I'm given the opportunity to have a long career, I think we're going to see different versions of my lens. But the, you know, the one thing with me is, is I, I, I look for emotion, real, unflinching emotion in the stories and and how I put them onto the screen. And I, I hope, I hope the industry will allow me to continue to to do it in the way in the way that I do. This film's very brave. You know, the structure of it is unusual the what's put on screen is highly um unusual and and i'm so thankful people have recognized that we we had to go to the places that we went to um in order to pull you out of it and uh, I'll, I'll dare say that i will be following on that level of emotional intensity i love that and i love this film and i adore you miss so thank you oh, so much so kind. you really are so kind 